What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a mystery. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. Hello, Ashley. Hi, Kate. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Mad Women on Season 2, Episode 3 of Mad Men, The Benefactor. Now, Catherine... I love yes. that every time you say hello, you sound like a game show host. Hello, well, Ashley. <laughs> is that not what I am? Just the host of the game of life? I'm not. I think I think of myself as like Oprah. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> oh, no. did. <laughs> wow. Wow, this one got you. Ashley has just discovered that her headphones aren't, were they never plugged in? No. You've just been hearing muffled voices from your laptop. I was like, why do you sound so quiet? Why are you loud? (laughs) Are you plugged in now? Now I'm plugged in and you're louder in my ears, believe it or not. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Well, we've passed our first game show game, which was, where's the sound coming from? And Ashley won. <laughs> I'm glad I noticed it two minutes in and not 27 minutes Absolutely. In. We'll cut out most of this. <laughs> the benefactor. Ooh. The first thing we see, well, first, the director of this episode, I have to get my book out, Mad Men Carousel, The Complete Critical Companion by Matt Zoller Seitz. This episode was directed by Leslie Linka Glotter. Oh. Glater? Yes. Yes. I remember noticing that because it reminded me of Richard Linklater, and that reminded... I thought the same really? thing. Really? That reminded me yeah. of that one time you... <laughs> I forget who you said was Richard Linklater, and then I was like, nope, that's not right. Uh, I, th- I think it was the Night Stalker. <laughs> Richard Ramirez. Right. So she is... She's a director, and according to my sources, she directed a couple of the original run of Twin Peaks. Oh. So she's got some kind of david lynch creepy vibes that i think come out this is a very dark shadowy episode at times and we see that also one of the guest stars is of course i closed my book when i need to know his name patrick fishler who plays jimmy Jimmy barrett Barrett. Mm -hmm. one of those faces that you just see and you can't forget but lord knows i'll never remember that name (laughs) the the picture that it's a david lynch uh, adventure that I think of with okay. him, which is his creepy little monster face from Mulholland Drive. Oh, okay. It's pretty much the only thing I remember from Mulholland Drive, <laughs> and it is. Have you? Are you? Do you know? What I I'm know the. To? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I don't okay. know. Well, it. when you see the face this of this little creep, anyway, <laughs> he's real creepy. Okay, but he's a fun actor. So okay. we start off. The first thing Wait we see is a Catherine. Oh you, my! Every you're, time it's in my hand. You're messing okay. it all up. We're getting ahead of ourselves because <laughs> what we really need to discuss is what you predicted. Ashley predicted for season two, episode yes. three. She said that Don would be. I didn't write a name, so I'm guessing this was Don <laughs> would be fighting hard for his character and his ego because he's pissed about how Mohawk was handled, okay. how he had to he had to fire Mohawk. So he's just snapping at everybody. Okay. Yeah. Peggy 
would be pretending that more things, not just her baby, don't exist. <laughs> so just whatever she doesn't like, she doesn't see. She has a, as you called it, a selective experience of the okay. world. Okay, all right. Joan has had it. Mm. She is just going to be walking through the office, slapping people. <laughs> and someone might say, Joni, why? And she would say, you know why. <laughs> And it would be indiscriminate slapping. Just her hand would be out mm. and whatever face was in the way would get a wallop. <laughs> in a real, uh, whoever is in my way is going to uh-huh. get... I wish that's how I walked through Like you do with life. your sibling. Yeah, I should start. You should. Mm-hmm. Not with me. <laughs> Maybe that's your post-pandemic yeah. activity. Yeah. Handshakes aren't nope. coming back, but face, face slaps, slaps are coming back in, in a, a big, big way. way. Big way. Yeah. Betty has so much anger she can't release. She starts a low-grade hum (laughs) from her whole body. She'll be quivering and there'll be steam rising. Right. And whereas before you had predicted she would become the couch, this time she she would just become the radiator. (laughs) Was her uh, trajectory. And then Pete would just start playing the dead dad card as a weapon. Mm. At the deli, it would it would inspire the delicatessens to murder a cow to provide pastrami, and then at the bar, it would make a lady just drop her panties. <laughs> or similar situations. Similar situations. I don't know that we see Pete. We at don't. All I was literally just thinking that he's he's not in yeah. it at all. Even in the meeting where everybody is. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. This was this was not a Pete episode. The lingo was pedal pushers. Okay. And you would consider it a win if anyone wore pedal pushers. I'm not sure that either of those No, happened. I didn't see anybody. The closest we got was Betty in her riding pants when she was mm-hmm. riding the horse, but those aren't pedal yeah. pushers. So that's a shame. Really, it was. That's a real shame. It seemed like the weather was a little too chilly for pedal maybe, pushers. Maybe. Maybe. It is. It uh, did take place on uh, February 23rd of 1961. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's... What you predicted. Uh-huh. So what happened? We start off shooting a commercial, and film and television are a big part of this episode, and it also sets up kind of the future of film and television for Sterling right. Cooper. It seems significant. The commercial being shot is with the creepy guy. He is playing a what we can guess is a famous stand-up comedian who is doing an ad for Utz Potato mm-hmm. Chips. Yeah, I looked it up to see if Jimmy Barrett was a real comedian because, you know, they love to do that. Mm-hmm. He was not. Okay, okay. But he was written to be like all those old school um, kind of shock comics back then. Yeah. It's definitely a different type of comic than what we have yes. today. Where he was like, you know, Rat Pack style in a suit, really classy, but also... Just also very roasting constantly. Yeah, and very slapsticky. Yeah. Yeah, because he like shoves his face in the mm, potato right. chips. And he's like tossing peanuts all over the bar. Mm-hmm. And then he goes full insult comic when what we learn is the Utz owners. Couple owners mm-hmm. uh, come in and the wife is very overweight and he just immediately starts laying into her with just the most oh, yes. insulting weight yes. jokes in front of this entire studio yes comparing her to the hindenburg and the whale mm-hmm. in pinocchio and just full yeah. out in front of everyone making fun mm-hmm. of her it's uh really uncomfortable very uncomfortable and they leave unhappy 
and he doesn't seem to care. No. Moving forward with this storyline, we, well, first we see, there's a brief shot of Don is watching a movie. Who, you do not see Don Draper in this episode until Mm -hmm. nine minutes in. Yeah. It takes a very long time to find Don. Yeah. The only Sterling Cooper people in the commercial are Freddie Rumson, who's asleep during the shooting, Mm -hmm. and then Ken Ken comes in with the couple. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, there's no Don. It's interesting when you see the, the boys are... The, money, the monkeys are running the zoo mm-hmm. sometimes. So Don is at the movies, and we determined that is a midday work movie watching. Yes. Of some French Some movie. French movie that I tried to look up because I was very curious yeah. what this was that he was watching. And I found this article that this woman wrote um, where uh-huh. she's also trying to figure out what the fuck <laughs> this movie is. And yeah. apparently Matthew Weiner has been notoriously tight-lipped about it. Like... Really? The only thing Matthew Weiner has said is, it's a very rare uh-huh. French film, a film by a famous yeah. director. I won't tell you the name. I won't say the title. I'll never tell because I don't have the rights to it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he put it in there, but it's not necessarily that he doesn't want anyone to know. It's that he doesn't want to get caught. Right. Well, uh, that's funny. Yeah, supposedly. I mean, who really knows? Mm-hmm. But he's very, very, very secretive about it. Yeah. And this woman has this whole long article where she's trying to like really pin down what this film uh-huh. is, which is that's very fascinating. Funny. Yeah. Because he, as we'll even see in this episode, and we talked about Butterfield Eight, all movies are related to what's happening. Right. Like even the the TV episode that we're right. talking about is related to the action. So who right. knows? And now I'm just thinking about the French film, The Dangerous Cousins from Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> that had, uh, it was a cousin-loving cousin mm-hmm. French film that George Michael tried to in justify his for love maybe. for his cousin, maybe. Mm-hmm. He had like a poster of it in his room. And <laughs> Maybe it was that movie. Maybe. So after those, the commercial blows up and Don is at the movie, Ken and Roger and then Freddie come into Don's office to talk about the Utz news, to tell him about it. Roger laughs, but then Don is like, did you laugh? Did anyone on the set laugh? You better not have laughed. And then Duck comes in and says, we're going to lose Utz. So it's just like everybody is just, this is a crisis there's a lot of movement. Nothing was planned. Everyone's just coming into his office. I love Sterling. Like, this is all yeah. going down. And, uh-huh. oh, it's when Duck comes in and says, they lost uh-huh. control of Barrett and we're going to lose Utz. And Sterling says, I miss the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this PC culture where you can't call a woman a, a Zeppelin right. <laughs> right. in the middle of the day. Right. Uh, they didn't stand up for this kind of nonsense back in the 50s. Don asks, has anyone tried to save this yet besides Leopold and Loeb over here? Who were two, like, college student murderers from the 30s? I don't know. I just really love any kind of dismissive uh, reference to... The only thing I know of Leopold and Loeb is from the Gilmore Girls. (laughs) That's exactly the kind of reference. Yes, yes. uh, Lorelai is having some kind of dream sequence where she's pregnant with twins and Luke is uh-huh. like, oh, is it going to be Sally and Jimmy or whatever? And she goes, no, Leopold and Loeb. So that's, oh, I knew that it was some sort of something, yeah. but I never bothered to look up what the reference was because 
if you do that for Gilmore Girls, you'll never stop because they're only making yeah, references. It's dense. Right. Very dense. I definitely have read about them and heard of my favorite murder episode about them and then forgot about okay. it immediately. Good. The only thing I remember is I'm pretty sure they were in college and they murdered people. Fun. Either Roger or Duck is like, Don's going to fix this. Don's the one. Roger straight up says Don is going to fix it. Okay, word that's for Don. Word. That's yeah. Roger. It's like everybody is pointing fingers at each other because Freddie's the one who got him drunk and then was falling asleep and not really paying attention right. to what was happening. Ken was the one who brought right. the couple. Like, they weren't supposed to visit the set. And they're like, why didn't you bring, you know, Don should have been the one to talk to them. Like, well, Don was out at the He movie. says, yeah, he says, I came yeah. here, but you were out. Mm-hmm. And Lois wouldn't say where you were. Or I told Lois yeah. uh, that I came by and she said that you were out. Mm-hmm. And Don just kind of yeah. sits there blinking. <laughs> yeah when he realizes like oh i can't blame this on everybody else right. i actually do have to fix this right. and uh, i think he said a uh, guy like that must know how to make a charming apology or yeah i wrote down that line as well <laughs> <laughs> and roger kind of stays behind to be like you need to tell your secretary to give you a better he says where were you and don says at the printers mm-hmm. and he says roger says you should tell your girl that yeah and then he does bring his girl in, and Lois is just like, oh, uh, could you please be more specific yeah. about what I've done? He says, I'd like to find a way to not be cruel, but I don't think it would serve either one of us. Yeah. He's just going to fire that bitch. Mm-hmm. She keeps asking what she did, and she doesn't right. know. And she says, can you be more specific? And he says, do you really want that? And she says, no, I guess not. <laughs> she says, Mr. Draper, I try to cover for you all the time. And he says, you do not cover for yeah. me. You manage expectations. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And she had, like, we saw her secretary skills were not up to par the last time we saw her when Betty, no, Peggy calls her out for not doing her job the way it's supposed to be Well, because she's trying to be all, like, catty and, like, telling secrets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She tells secrets to Peggy. She doesn't know her line there. And then she's not good with managing expectations. So really, this isn't what she's there for. Not for for somebody as high profile as Don Draper. No. Don needs, I mean, the only one who can handle it at the end is Joe. That's right. Further notice. And this is something, Don's carousel of secretaries is not dissimilar from his carousel of girlfriends. Okay, all right. It's kind of fun. You know, it doesn't happen every, it's not like Spinal Tap where the drummers replace at every show, (laughs) but it is fun to just keep track of that. Then Joan, it's actually just then, Joan is talking about what do you really want out of a secretary? Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep looking for another Miss Olsen. Right. And he says, no, I want someone who's satisfied with this job. (laughs) Who, Joan in that scene looks so Uh smoking hot in that blue dress. That Mm -hmm. bright royal blue dress. She looks amazing. You know, we don't get a lot of Joan in this episode. We don't. It's always a shame. I'm always sad when there's not more Joan. It is sad. They gave really a really big storyline to harry crane it's like they they have to do that it's like don gets something and then they have to pick two or three other right. people who get a lot of facetime right. and everyone else just did peggy show up at all she is for a brief second in the meeting with harry yeah. and all the boys about the show okay and that's yeah. it you know not everybody gets it yeah. all the time except for don Ay. speaking of he goes back to the commercial set and it's all dark and like it's a bar at this right. point. And he's like meeting who we find out is a woman who's Jimmy's manager and wife, Bobby mm-hmm. Barrett, in this bar. 
the negotiations for Jimmy's apology are between Don and Bobby, not between Jimmy and anyone right. else. And he's like, he shouldn't have been drunk. And Bobby says, I've seen the man sober. He's not funny. <laughs> and Don says, mm-hmm. so he's explaining to Bobby why he needs to apologize, why he mm-hmm. needs to make this right. And he says, these people are his benefactors, mm-hmm. which is the title of the episode. <gasps> what? What? They're like the Medicis of Florence. They're patrons, patrons of, his of his art. That's right. <laughs> hmm Bobby gives him some tips on how to talk to Jimmy mm-hmm. and how to like make him feel important and special. And then says you he needs to feel like he has a chance with your wife, girlfriend, or both. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So clearly sparks are flying. Don like, when you saw Bobby, did you suspect Well that... Yes, she's a yeah. powerful, take-no-prisoners mm-hmm. woman, and that's all Don uh-huh. wants out of life. Yeah, and make her late 30s and brunette, right. and you've got a real right. winner. <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, I could tell immediately he was, you know, having this tete-a-tete with her, and... I love your use of thank that. Thank you, I, I did it because you noticed it in yourself last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dumb fancy yeah yeah so there's already this back and forth and she's beautiful Mm -hmm. and sassy and he's like yes Yes. please that's how Mm -hmm. don talks when he's horny mother (laughs) may i (laughs) he's one of those guys that wears like a little a little sailor costume yes likes to just be a little boy so he walks her he insists on walking her to his car in the rain which i was also like why does he have his car right I thought he took that was interesting in. to me too but he's specifically walking out with her because he's saying you're gonna take me to him yes he's trying to get he's like that. i'm gonna go and he's like well let's go let's mm-hmm. go find him but then once they get in the car and they notice it's hailing she's initiates a kiss and he says he doesn't want to do that and then she grabs his crotch and says it doesn't feel that yes his big old giant dick whitman because <laughs> <laughs> we all know john ham is packing yeah. heat she yeah. grabs his dick whitman and is like and she, he's like you know what you're right <laughs> oh yeah then he just goes for it yeah but i did read a book that pointed out that a physical response does not necessarily like 50% of the time, men's physical response and actual emotional response are not lined yeah. up. Yeah. And for women, that's only 10% of the time. Oh. So the physical manifestations of arousal are not consent. Right. I'm just telling Bobby Barrett right. that. Listen here, you woman. bimbo. You uh-huh. strumpet, but not with a trumpet. Exactly. Just a regular just strumpet. Just a regular, just an old school strumpet. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, Don goes home and he washes his face Immediately, his he walks in. Yeah. I love the washing of his hands. And then they pan back to Betty and they pan back and he's like scrubbing his face. I'm like, oh <laughs> my God, Don. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> but they're, you know, they have to play. We're just a happy family at mm-hmm. home. Sally wants to go riding with Betty but she's not allowed to. And Betty is so proud of giving back Don's monogrammed watch or that she has had. Right. She got it fixed for him because he wore it while washing or giving the kids a bath. Yeah. So it seems like there's a lot of water affecting Mm. things. I don't know. You've got the, the, the 
watch was broken because it was submerged Mm -hmm. in water. They are in this car together because it was raining. And then they stay. It's like the hail bumps it up a notch. Right. And then he comes home and he's washing himself clean. Right. Don't ask me what these mean. I just noticed (laughs) that. Water is always a, 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 a watershed okay. for important moments. All right. It just seems significant. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll okay, keep an eye on it. But, she, but Betty gives Don back his watch and says it's been uh-huh. monogrammed. And he has this look on his face of like, oh, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I wrote, Don feels bad? Question mark. I think he feels, a little, he feels bad. a little bad. Not bad enough. It doesn't really change nope. anything. His He makes a face... The face I noticed was like a real, his lips go in this like adorable little, oh, <laughs> this lady, she's really sweet on me. Yes, yes. The next time we see Don, it's mm-hmm. when Betty has gone off horseback riding again on the day that Sally wasn't allowed to come. Mm-hmm. So it's just him, him and his, his children. children. And he goes in his office and he t- turns out he wasn't as moved by that watch as, as we maybe <laughs> thought. <laughs> Because uh-huh. who does he call, Catherine? He calls Mrs. Yes, Barrett. he sure does. Who? Why is her number on a package of matches? He pulls out a Did thing of matches. Did she write it down? I don't remember seeing that. When they were at the fake it bar? It could be. I don't remember seeing that specifically, but I guess... I don't remember that Unless either. it's the hotel that she's staying at? Because mm. it's not like he opens it and there's anything written. Mm-hmm. He literally just looks at the back. That would make a but lot of sense. But then why would it go directly to her room? He never asks for anyone. Boy, there's a lot of holes in this phone There call. is. There know. is a lot of holes. And it also makes me think of Peggy calling an unfamiliar number in Manhattan that was on the phone bill. Betty, you mean? expecting a woman. Yes, <laughs> I sure do. Yeah. Boy, I get those names yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's me too. But Betty calling someone and like looking for a mistress mm-hmm. and finding. And in this case, you know, who answers, what woman in Manhattan answers their own right. phone? But they, they have a very... Uh, it's it's a business call. But it's sexually charged. Yeah, it gets sexy. Because Jimmy does whatever Bobby says. Mm-hmm. Don says it'll be, his wife will be there. And Bobby says, okay, if that's what you want. And he says, what do you want? And she says, so it's that kind of phone call, is it? <laughs> and she says, where are you yeah. at home with my children? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, it's that kind of phone call, but don't uh, get your hopes up. We're not going to go wild here. And she says, I like being bad and then going home and being good. shit. Which is exactly what washing your face. Exactly. You know, (laughs) talking to your kid about horseback riding. (laughs) Wiping all that vagina off you real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Which comes up again later. It might. I might have some some notes on that in in mine as well. We're keeping the Betty storyline separate, but there is a moment where Don's reading the paper and Betty comes in and she's like, we're going to Lutess. And Betty is like glowing and she's so excited. Lutess, it's a fancy French restaurant in Mm -hmm. Manhattan that does exist. Mm -hmm. It's a real one. Then she says, well, guess what? It's a business. He says it's a business dinner. And she just like gets disappointed. She's like, there's no note. Like now she isn't excited about it. There's no notice. What will I wear? And he tells her that he needs her to be charming and bright so she has a purpose he says i need you to be my better half Mm -hmm. so it's like we're a team we're gonna go in here as a work this out as a team yeah i need Mm -hmm. you i want to include you Mm -hmm. in this you're important to this 
So when they are at Lutes, they kind of sneak in Bobby and Jimmy. And Jimmy is nothing. He is not apologetic no. at all. The Utz couple is, seems very uncomfortable. <laughs> and Jimmy is all Jimmy is yeah, doing. He's uh-huh. strictly hitting on Betty. Yeah. As hard as he possibly can. Yeah. He's got his face in his yeah. hands and he's just talking and staring when at he her. introduces himself she says i'm such a fan and he says when you picture someone saying that you always hope it's her <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and he says one of my favorite lines that i think about a lot to don and betty where he asks you two sold separately <laughs> i didn't even notice that that's a great yeah. line oh that's <laughs> really so is. good because they're exactly Ken yes, and Barbie. I caught the JFK line. He calls Don JFK mm-hmm. and says, you're not exactly Jackie, but you're his type. I know him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So he's putting all of his attention on Betty. And Bobby goes to the ladies' room. And Don also goes back there and confronts Ooh. her. Tells her that the apology needs to happen before the advertisers. And Bobby's like, oh, yeah, I looked at the contract with my attorney. He doesn't have to apologize. Give me $25,000 and put and it, put in, the it in the paper. Be like, Bob, uh, Jimmy Barrett's so good at potato chip commercials. We gave him $25,000 mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. of it. And then. Oh, boy. Don. He, he gives. Grabs. Her gotta hair. love a hair pull. We're coming back to a hair pull. Puts his finger, his whole hand, under her skirt, just shoves his, his whole, whole yeah. hand all the way his up her skirt hand. until she goes, ah! yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and says, "Believe me, I will ruin him. Do what, Do I, what say. I say." And then, like, wipes his finger on, on her dress. dress. Yes, and then gets back to the table and picks up his napkin mm-hmm. and wipes his hand off on the napkin. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you something. All right, well, we, we can finish out. Bobby comes back a second later. All immediately flustered. is like, yeah, Jimmy has something to say to you. <laughs> and Jimmy gives like a real bullshitty, it was inappropriate. Yes. Not really an apology. It was just like, I shouldn't have said it there. He says, there's the guy then... under the lights and there's me. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't me. Yeah. He's made me very rich, but he hasn't made me very right. nice. And then the wife says, I know that's what you do. I guess I just don't have the stomach for it. <laughs> and he literally bites yeah, his Yeah, he does that classic, grrr. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you set me up, but I can't say it. Right. Which is still very old school comedian. Yes. But I just need to, to communicate. As a viewer of Mad Men, when I was watching episodes and reading recaps, I would read Grantland's recaps by Mark Lasanti. Okay. And I don't know... If he did one on this particular particular episode, Grantland is a defunct, like, sports and entertainment okay. website. Mark Lasanti would have a recap of every episode, and at some point, he had a section that was titled "Don Draper Finger Bang Threat Level." <laughs> <laughs> and it would have like a rating, and then what would happen is. In the episode, he would take as a starting point, like, some interaction Don had, and then just, like, script a little vignette of how Don was going to assault oh, whoever he was talking God. about. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But it God. was inspired by this particular finger bang. Clearly. And just, like, Don Draper finger bang threat level <laughs> is a phrase that I will never forget. 
and it was special to see the inspiration in this episode yeah that's amazing yeah that's definitely the first time we've seen him use sex as a weapon the very first time yeah he's brought it into business in a way that he didn't with rachel with rachel it was very personal this one is more like he's meeting an equal and yeah they are negotiating over how jimmy is going mm-hmm. to act with the client but it's all sexual mm-hmm. politics that's essentially don's don and jimmy's storyline yes and it intertwines in places with betty's storyline and where we see betty she is not on tv she is horse riding with her friend, whose name I still don't nope. remember. Old lady friend. Who needs it? Who is bored by her 10-year marriage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, I hope he gets me something nice or th- something. And Betty says, what do you mm-hmm. want? And the woman says, well, I do love your car. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's not very romantic. Yeah. And then cute horseback riding guy comes in. Mm-hmm. And somebody... <laughs> Who says it? Somebody says, somewhere there's a pregnant girl floating in a lake. So that was Betty. And the reference was the friend had ref- somehow equated the guy with Montgomery Cliff's character in A Place in the Sun. And so I looked up the movie A Place in the Sun, which is from like 1958. Okay. Maybe? And it is Monty Cliff. Cliff. I don't know why I always want to put a T at the end of his name. And Elizabeth Taylor and... A third person named Shelley Winters. Okay. And it's like Monty Cliff is working class and is like working in a factory or something and starts a romantic relationship with another factory worker. But then he gets bumped up in the social circles and he starts seeing a different woman who is like high class. Mm. Then the factory worker girl uh, reveals she's pregnant and Monty Cliff takes her out on a boat Mm. and drowns her oh yikes and so that's a pregnant girl floating in a lake okay so they were talking about the horse so we one thing we know about the horseback guy is he's not good at horseback riding no and he reveals later how his fiance tara is like she's fancy she gets everything she wants she's She's loaded he's not yeah yeah and her, her whole family smaller than his high school. Mm-hmm. Yes, only slightly smaller than his high school. Yeah, her whole family yeah. rides rides horses, and so she's trying to ingratiate mm-hmm. him into that world, and yeah. wants him to learn how to ride a horse. So, it was just another, you know, throwaway reference to a contemporary movie. Got that it. Is following what they're doing. Got it. I also want to point out that there are two black people in this episode, and they are the ones who are. Silently taking care of the horses. Oh. Mad Men, the servants are all <laughs> black people. And very few of the speaking right. roles at this point are. So Betty doesn't want to meet the fiance. She and her friend talk about seeing her from afar. And she's like a young blonde socialite. Oh, yeah. Like Betty was. She's beautiful. And she, she's prettier than they expected. Yes. yes. And the, the older woman dreamed about him. And so she doesn't really want to be involved yes. with and then talks about her fat da- daughter again. Yes. She can't fit into She's the got a, she, she said, you're going to have him all to yourself on Saturday. My daughter has a ballet recital. It's so horrible to uh-huh. put girls that fat into a leotard. <laughs> and Betty goes, uh-huh. she'll grow out of it. And the woman says, she already has. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. So that's, that's what 
these two women talk about horse riding and how fat their daughters are how fat their daughter is and also how cute this how cute this horseback riding guy is is. Mm -hmm. then the scene where don comes in and gets the monogram watch comes through and then we see betty it the her friend is not there she's got the recital to go to and she's lecturing the horse boy, because God knows I can't remember Arthur on how to ha- Arthur. Yeah. Yes, thank you. He does later. Mm-hmm. later on how to handle the horse and how the horse should do what you say. And... Yes, you just need to be more forceful with your horse, mm-hmm. and sh- you mm-hmm. need to like be in charge. Yeah, which is a lot like so. Bobby tells Don that Jimmy does whatever mm-hmm. she says. Mm-hmm. She's the forceful one, and Don matches her. By taking her forcefully, right. that dynamic of just like brute power <laughs> to get right. Control well, and then we is... see in a minute Arthur tries to take Betty's advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see that. So Arthur is making jokes. He's always making jokes about the horses and about the. He doesn't take it very seriously, right. and Betty calls him out on it. Says just because you don't know what you're doing doesn't mean the rest of us are silly. Right. And he starts revealing all these personal details about what Tara feels about his lady friends. Well, he specifically and... says that Tara was jealous of Betty. Mm-hmm. And that she's just spoiled and she gets anything she wants, but Betty is so beautiful and profoundly sad. He keeps telling her that she's... He says, you're so profoundly uh-huh. sad. And Betty says, no, it's just my people are Nordic. He <laughs> <laughs> killed me. I love throughout this whole scene, he's saying to her uh-huh. you're so sad and she's just dead-faced yeah. betty the whole time yeah just <laughs> incapable of having a human emotion Is she? right how are you gathering that she's sad i don't <laughs> see any of this arthur <laughs> yeah she just seems impervious to influence right. but she does tell him eventually you're you're wrong i'm grateful well but before she says that he tries to smooch her right he starts moving in on her and she says don't do that yeah he says don't tell me what to do and he tries Mm -hmm. to kiss Mm -hmm. her like really moves in and she pushes him away yeah and then he says you're so profoundly sad and she says you're Mm -hmm. wrong i'm grateful it's a parallel between her not giving in to the kisses and don giving Mm -hmm. in to the kisses so many of these episodes i think there are these like parallel storylines between don and betty where if they just opened up to each other they might find what they're looking for, right. but neither of them are real with one another. And right. so their emotions just get, instead of like coming together as a couple and, and, and growing with each other, they, they, they're continually looking for love in all the wrong yep. places. But Be- Betty is super, just like uh, old Bobby was shook up after mm-hmm. dawn betty is not not getting a car accident right. shaking of hands but just hard to let your cigarette yes, shaking she's of shaking hands. and then she goes home and finds out that she's going to mm-hmm. dinner and i thought it was interesting that she feels like she's in conflict with this young thing tara and that's who her competition is and she doesn't even really notice bobby right who's her actual competition. I think that's because, I don't know, there's something to do with this attraction that she's having for Arthur. For whatever, I don't know why she's kind of blissfully unaware about Don's Mm -hmm. impropriety, but I think because this horseback riding guy, Arthur, is new Mm -hmm. and shiny and exciting, here's this other thing that she wasn't expecting. It could also be that, you know, Betty knows that all these other women are into Don and Mm -hmm. she's just going to deal with it. 
but I don't think she was <laughs> expecting him to have a fiance. She certainly wasn't expecting no. that fiance to be as beautiful as she was. Right. She wasn't expecting to have to face her. Right. And she does, because she absolutely suspects that Don is unfaithful, but she never actually knows who he's, she, at this right. point, she doesn't know who he's unfaithful right. with. And so his her suspicions are younger women. Right. They're the secretaries. Because we see Carlton was into, you know, high schoolers, essentially. Right. And that's what I'm sure she hears from perpetually pregnant Patty. Right. And so she doesn't really see, because all of her value is in youth and beauty. And so exactly. when she sees someone who's older and doesn't look like a Coca-Cola ad. Right. She doesn't understand it. So then she goes to this dinner, you know, as we talked about. And one thing I realize now, she had been just peppered with all these compliments and come-ons from Arthur. And then she goes to dinner and it's her job to just be the recipient of these even worse come-ons. From, from Jimmy. What's his name? Yeah. And instead of looking profoundly sad, she's got this smile. Oh, yeah. She's face. loving it. And she's playing the part. Exactly. That's why she's loving it. She knows yeah. how. She knows yeah. exactly how to deal with this. Yeah. She doesn't know how to deal with it with Arthur. No. When it's real. Right. Yeah. Kind of like with the, with the tow truck guy when she's actually in the situation right. with somebody and it's getting real. She gets a lot quieter. Right. And then on the ride home with Don, it's the final scene. She's crying. Mm -hmm. And she says, when I said I wanted to be a part of your life, this is what I meant. We make a great team. And it's that she's grateful because she said she's not sad. She feels great. Right. She feels grateful. So now she's crying. Right. But it's not because she's sad. It's because she's so grateful. Right. right. But she doesn't realize that she actually did nothing to solve the right. situation other than keep Jimmy busy. Right. Yeah, it was... Don finger banging. Don finger banging yeah. threat level midnight. Uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Betty, you tried. You oh, did your best. Betty. Too bad. Oh, Betty, Betty, Betty. The last storyline that's a pretty major storyline is Harry. Harry Crane. Harry Crane getting a lot of FaceTime. He's in his office. He gets Ken Cosgrove's paycheck and he opens it and then he freaks out because he can't. Right, it's all ripped now. And he's trying desperately to find someone, anyone, to get him an, en an envelope. Yeah. He, what, he, he, what, what are all the things he does? He tries to open his and he, he rips his. messes yeah. it up too. He goes to his office partners, but doesn't do anything to it because he's Right, scared. and then immediately his, and, his office mate walks in. Yeah. He asks Sal if he can either repair it or just make it. First, when one. he's talking to his wife, he oh, asks yeah. his wife, do you know where I can find this kind of envelope? Yeah. And she's like, no <laughs> like how would he know that and then yeah asks sal if he can make one uh-huh and sal actually gives him it's later but like just tear it up right and he'll ask for right. a new one it's like who cares right. but even more important than hiding it is he was re he realizes that ken makes a hundred like 50 percent more than he does we, we find, find out, out eventually yeah. don or er, er, harry makes 200 a week ken makes 300 a which week. Do you want to know what that equates to in uh -huh. 2021 dollars? I do. So Ken Cosgrove makes $300 a week, which is $2,624 a week. Damn. An annual salary of that much mm -hmm. would be $125,952 a That's year. That's wild. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, what does... All right. Here's... I'm going to do 300 times 52 is 15,000. That says he makes $15,600 a year. And Pete makes 3000 That must have been a mistake. Pete must make more than... Maybe he makes... This is all very... 
Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. That's what 300 a week yeah. works out to be. It's a big difference. And then later, I do the math when yeah. we learn more about Harry later. But that's the wait. 1961 to 2021 wow. math. Good job, Ken. Right? <laughs> You're killing it. Right? Harry does call his wife, who is pregnant and, like, got morning right. sickness. Right, she's at home. And tells him the news, and she says, that mannequin makes $300 a week. He's not even married. Yeah, he doesn't have a family. Mm-hmm. And so she's encouraging Harry to demand a raise and is a little, you know, disappointed that he's not being big and manly about I love it. her line at the end of that phone call. He asks about this, like, where to find a paycheck or whatever. Uh-huh. Oh, no, no, no. She's saying, go in there and demand it. And he says, I can't do that. And yeah. she goes, I didn't know this was about you feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. I get it, Harry's wife. These wives, some of these wives really do orchestrate their husbands. They're, you know, behind every great yeah. man. Because Trudy does it with Pete. We don't really see Betty doing it. She's she way less doesn't hands-on. have any emotion. She doesn't know how to be a human. She's busy turning she into She also comes furniture. from money. Yeah. Though, though Trudy, Trudy does, does too. too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure... If Don married one of these brown-headed people, they'd be a lot more pushy. <laughs> he does go in. That's when he goes in to see Sal. And Sal is removing Mohawk from yeah. the ads because they don't have him anymore. Yeah. And Sal, everything Sal does is like super cool. He's like, just throw it away. He'll find another one. When he finds out the salary, he just sharpens a pencil and doesn't say anything. And yeah. He advises Harry to become indispensable, essentially. To be like... Right be worth worth more money. right he's like either you're gonna be worth what you're wanting them to pay you or you're worth every penny mm-hmm. they're paying you right now exactly exactly which is like super chill i want to point out he also uses the green globe pencil sharpener mm, that the thing that you couldn't figure we out sure what right. it was <laughs> yeah. and that uh my friend figured out within yes. seconds and i still haven't found out how she knew that but because she's from impressed. the 60s. That's that's it. She's a time traveler. <laughs> I only make friends with people from yes. the 60s. I'm authentic right. like that. I appreciate yeah. that about you. You're from the 60s, oh, Of right? course. Okay, well, there you go. That, how do you think I know so much about this lingo? <laughs> <laughs> and also the value of a dollar. Exactly. Look, you think yeah. I'm searching this up. I'm, lo- I'm Googling uh-huh. it. No, no. I'm just doing the math. I'm remembering how much inflation has increased year over year. Yeah. I'm doing my own math in my head. Exactly. You remember how much you were paying for gas back I do. Then. Pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar. <laughs> so Harry calls a contact at CBS because he's just like looking for a new job. Right. He's like. Because he's not going to ask for a raise. He's just, he's like, I need no. to quit. He is like just so scared of everybody. Yeah. He talks to a guy who's a famous improv and, or I don't know, comedic actor that I see everywhere. Yeah, who, I recognized his face. Yeah, I always get his name mixed up. He might be another Mad TV alum, actually. I think he is, now that you say that. I yeah, think he is. They were really plumbing the Mad TV depths. Yeah. But we never see Mrs. Swan, so what's the point? Um. <laughs> so that guy is having his own issue because... There's this episode of a courtroom drama that is real called The The Defenders Defenders. that actually did lose all of its sponsors because it uses the word abortion 30 times in 51 minutes. Do you know what the name of that episode was? That abortion episode. The Benefactor. What? Yes. (laughs) That was a real episode that really aired Uh and really was incredibly controversial. And it was called The Benefactor. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Do you think 
in the background of this episode of Mad Men, there was like a secret abortion that they just don't really focus on. Like, do you remember that episode of Community where Abed is in the background of most scenes delivering a baby? No! Do you... There's an episode of Community where you don't... Abed is not like part of it until the very end. Okay. Where someone is like, what, what have you been up to? And he's like, ah, I was busy or something. But vaguely remember in the that. background... It's like he he runs into a woman who's pregnant, and right. then there's like an issue where she's going into labor, and then he delivers the baby, yeah. and then he's like got. So it's a whole storyline with Abed behind it. So I think there's probably an abortion being shown somewhere in this episode that we didn't. What see. I think it is. So that could Tell be me. that could be one option that there's secretly an abortion Absolutely. happening, or. <laughs> Or I think Thank you for they're also trying to work in the word abortion a bunch of times. And they say it a couple Ooh. times just full out in this episode. Yeah. But I'm thinking they're doing it piece by piece. This is so, so somebody says, ah, uh, and then later they say yeah. bore. And then later somebody says shun. And so if you put yeah. all of those sounds together, all those phonies. Yeah. I think you're right. They definitely use the term like borscht belt comedian right? several times. Right? There was a lot of shunning. There was a ton that was being of done. shunning. And Betty's face yeah. is constantly just, uh. <laughs> so, you know, I think they're trying to subliminally put it all in there. Yeah. They are a marketing firm, and I definitely want an abortion now. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's all advertising. Everything is advertising. <laughs> Catherine. Oh my yeah. lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Harry is like, hey, two birds, one stone. We've got a bunch of people who can advertise. So he watches the show and then he has a meeting with I mean, we don't we don't see him bringing the idea to anybody, right. but there's this meeting with Elliot of Belgioli right. where they I wonder if they watched the whole episode or just part of part it. Part of it because the Belgian yeah. League guy even says, I can tell I want mm-hmm. to watch this, but I don't okay. need to see it yeah. all right now. There you go. Thank you for paying yes. attention. Oh, he says, he says, I do want to see the rest of this, but I get the idea. That's what, like word okay. for word. Yeah. He says. Perfect. He's so diplomatic he in what he says. And they, Don and Harry are trying to sell it to them as like, no, you want controversy. It's catharsis. Everyone's going to watch it. You're going to have eyes and it's going to be young women and they're going to want lipstick and they're going to love this show. And they like go to that's where Peggy is, where she's like yeah, I think it'll be popular. (laughs) But she does uh, Elliot doesn't want Belgioli to be associated with the episode. Somebody says maybe it's it's Mm -hmm. Don. Somebody says, what's better than tears to make a girl feel like she can be beautiful? Wow. Right? Yeah. I think it's Don that says that. It seems like a very Don line. Yeah, that's part of their pitch because he keeps saying, yeah. like, the Belgian League guy's like, yeah, I don't know. We're a family company. I don't really think this is right. And Don mm-hmm. is like, no, no, this is going to be good. And it's pennies on the dollar <laughs> and all these young women are yeah. going to watch it. And what's better than yeah. tears to make a girl feel like uh-huh. she can be beautiful? <laughs> I mean, anytime I watch a really sad TV episode, I start buying makeup. Yeah. Well, here's what happens with me. I I watch something sad and I know that I'm ugly crying. And so Mm -hmm. then I'm like, I need to counteract this ugly crying with some beautiful makeup. Really? If my... So it does work for you. Right. If my face was done up, then I could ugly cry. Mm -hmm. And the ugly and the beautiful 
would equal out to just neutral. Yeah. I would look like Betty. The best we can right? do. I would look like Betty when she's supposed to feel an emotion. Just uh-huh. completely yeah. neutral. So maybe if instead of lipstick, Belgelie was hawking like waterproof mascara. Yeah. Oh, okay. It would be a much more direct correlation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next time. Mm-hmm. And your research may have shown this, but evidently the episode used like some watch ad. Yes. It... Which oh. there are watches in this episode. Oh, that's true. That's true. There is a brief and curt exchange between Elliot and Sal. Where, you know, they don't let on that they almost smooched. Right. Uh, they're just like... And, and and it's it's nice that way, you know? We don't need to have a full storyline, but we do want to acknowledge what happened. And right. see see where they are at this point. Right. So then Harry goes into Roger's office. And normally when whenever we see Roger's office, he's always doing something really stupid. He's eating jello. He's getting a haircut. Right, right. He's drinking milk or whatever. <laughs> but it's usually Don who walks in on him doing that. Right. And Harry is so scared of Roger. Well, he gets he called in. in. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't know if it's good or bad. Right. He's like, and you he want to see to believe me? It may be bad. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Roger's desk looks huge, and he looks so important. Yes. And it's like really official, and he's just. Harry, like, doesn't stand, sit down. He's got his, like, hands out in front of him, right. his his legs. Roger is like, well, Cooper thought you showed initiative, so you're in here now. I'm smiling. What do you want? Right. Like he, he says, I think someone told on you and it backfired, uh-huh. which is very interesting. What does yeah. that mean? Does somebody tell on him that he looked at somebody else's paycheck? Does somebody tell on him that he did this thing with Belle Jolie? Like, what does that mean? Somebody told on you and it backfired. I was a bit like, it's there's definitely ambiguity in that interaction. And there's a moment where it's the thing that I hate the most, where they're talking about two different things. Yeah. But they're assuming that they're talking about the same right. thing. And Harry is thinking the worst. Right. Because the things he's done are open Ken's check and also reach out for a different job. Right. And I think it was the reaching out that he's most worried mm-hmm. about. But it's like that got him this episode that no one knew about. Right. And that was the initiative. So because we didn't see, I wonder almost if there was like an unaired scene mm. where we see Harry take going from here's an episode to he, convincing, you know, everyone at Sterling Cooper to, or Sterling Coop, right. which they use a few times in this episode, <laughs> to pitch it to a client. Right. So I don't know. But it works, and Harry, like, asks, he says there should be a TV department, and I should run it, and then Roger crosses him and says, Yeah, he says, There is now a TV department. <laughs> which is comprised solely of you. There's not, you are now the yeah. head of the t- TV department, which is comprised solely of you. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> and then he asks for a raise. He says, I deserve a raise, and he says, let's not get greedy. He says, I make 200 a week, and Roger says, plus drinks. Right. <laughs> He asks for $10 more than what Ken makes, 310. And Roger lies and says no one makes anywhere close to right. that. How about 225 or two and a quarter? Say and yes. And then he says plus business cards. Plus business. And he yeah. says, "I'll give you two and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Say yes." You drive a hard bargain. <laughs> so, here is Harry's money breakdown from 1961 Please. to $2021. At yes. 200 a week, uh-huh. it is 1,549 a week. 
74,352 a year. Not jump change. Big difference from Yes. At two twenty five a week, Mm -hmm. it's one thousand nine hundred and sixty six a week or ninety four thousand three hundred and sixty eight. So he got a twenty thousand dollar raise. Yeah. Which ain't shabby. A twelve and a half, twelve and a half percent. Nothing to sneeze yeah. at, as he tells, as he his, tells wife. his wife, and when he gets home, that was uh, that was definitely a situation where Roger was like, he's going to ask for a raise. I'm going to give him a small amount, yeah. but I don't really care. Right? <laughs> like there wasn't much nego- negotiation, but it was sweet. Right. And then we do see Harry. There's like a a weird scene cut where you think that Don is going to be walking in to see Bobby, but we actually see, mm-hmm. which is. His son's name. Yes. Yes. That's weird. All right. Yeah. But 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 it's Harry walking in to see his wife, who is a lot happier. And remember the last episode, his wife was yelling at him for like being drunk at a party. So yeah. they seem to have like rekindled their They're, kind of marital happiness yes. here. They're very happy together. He lays his head down on her lap and he won't describe the episode to her right it's like i'm not gonna put abortion thoughts in your pregnant head right 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 and i noticed that harry and his wife end their episode like close together where 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 he's he's being kind of embraced by her and don and betty end where she's close to him mm-hmm. they're much less happy but both of like all of the major relationships in this episode end with like husband snuggled and wife. up a little snuggled yeah. up in varying states of trust <laughs> happiness. That was an episode. That was the benefactor. That was a whole beautiful benefactor ep. We've got a new girlfriend. We've got... Nobody earned a strumpet trumpet. Nobody earned a strumpet. No. Because we didn't see... Yeah, none of the none of the women were really strumpety or trumpety. Or the men. For... Doesn't have to just be right. a woman. A man can earn a strumpet trumpet. Okay. It's going to take a lot more work because they are white men in the 60s and they already have everything they could ever want or need. It's true. But if one really blows me up, you know, Sal might earn Uh one one of these days. True. So I'll keep an eye out. He's got it going on. That's a good dynamic. I like that. I like that it's open. Bobby was just too mean to get a strumpet trumpet. No, yeah. And uh, and Joan wasn't there enough, frankly. Right. Or Peggy. And... And Betty will never get and one. Betty will never. Betty will never oh, get one. I declare on my grandmother's grave. <laughs> I like that it's no... Something I think I mentioned before in another episode is is that we get to see commercial advertising become a bigger part yeah. of the landscape. Yeah. And here we see they didn't even have a, TV department, a television department. Right until 1962 and now harry's in charge of it and you might think that will change the dynamics between harry and the rest of the firm and you might be right oh oh all right yeah it's just like it's a it's such a little thing that he seems to be asking for in this episode but it probably turns out to be a big one yeah 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 and i also want to point out there was a scene from the first season it may have been right after they watched, like one of, one of the ads. Maybe it was the Kennedy ad or the Nixon ad or something. But there's a there's a moment where Harry is fixing the projector, and I felt mm. like that was significant. That he's the mm. one who's like already figuring out how film works. Right. And it's just that little thing where he's just like identifying a niche. I see it at my work 
where it's like you identify some need that your patrons have and you get ahead of it which can make you important later all right harry crane let's see do you have any other notes on fashion fashion yes bobby okay when they're at dinner uh-huh. Bobby's dress, the green silk yes. skirt and the sparkly top was beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in that same scene, Betty's jewelry. Oh. Betty has a beautiful necklace. Her dress is a little bit Marilyn Monroe. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's pink, it's bright pink, but it's that mm-hmm. same kind of like the white halter straps kind yes. of situation, which was interesting. Yeah. That's not normally what we see Betty in. It was a little mm-hmm. bit more modern and a little bit more exposed than I feel like we normally see her. So the dress was really cute, Uh but her jewelry in that scene was beautiful. I didn't notice it. I can't wait to go back to look. And of course, Joni's Mm -hmm. bright blue dress. Mm, mm, Yeah. mm. But that's really all the fashion notes I had. On a whole, I'm going to rate it. That. Oh, please. I keep forgetting. I started this one time and then I keep forgetting. Uh I'm going to give this at eight out of (laughs) ten. Uh, uh-huh. vagina wipe-offs because <laughs> that happens a lot in this episode yeah, it does there's almost eight there's almost eight yes they're getting close to it yes wow that is strong what an honor <laughs> <laughs> all right now mm-hmm. for okay. predictiones for season two, episode four, Ashley predicts. Don is just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime he wants anything from anyone, he's just going to mm-hmm. finger blast them. <laughs> wow. Okay. It, 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 it becomes to such a level that he wants something from Cooper and he's about uh-huh. to finger blast him. And Cooper is like, <gasps> yeah. no, no, son. Uh-huh. The finger blasting days are over. Okay. So Cooper gives him a what for for all the finger blasting that's yeah. been happening. He, he's got to, they have to pull it down the big guns too. <laughs> yes. Calm yes. down the big guns, if you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's the only thing that's going to keep him uh-huh. in line is yeah. Bert Cooper being like, no more finger blasts. <laughs> Listen here, see? Yeah, finger blasting yeah. days are done. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens with Don. Betty. <laughs> Betty is just constantly crying, but <laughs> smiling. She's like one of those okay. one of those painted clowns that has like a permanent mm-hmm. smile painted on their face, but you can see the fear and yes. sadness in their eyes. So yeah. she just has yeah. a whole bunch of tears running down her face, but she's smiling in a really creepy way. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. people say, "Betty, what's wrong?" and she'll say, "Nothing. I'm." I'm just, um, hungry or <laughs> she'll give some random emotion or feeling uh-huh. that does not equate to what she's actually showing. I love it. Yeah. Harry Crane, now that he's the head of the TV department, yeah. sets up a wall in Sterling Cooper. Like you see at like Best Buy, that's just a wall of TVs. <laughs> and so he just sets up this giant wall and just sits in front of it all day <laughs> trying to uh-huh. like really understand television <laughs> this is great because i'm sure there were like three channels yeah yeah but he's got 20 tvs yes, that are exactly okay, exactly uh-huh. peggy and pete are gonna come mm-hmm. back in the next episode 
But in the next episode, yeah, Peggy is going to behave like Pete does. So she's going to start seeming mm. real murdery. <laughs> Just real murdery. And uh-huh. Pete is going to start behaving like Peggy. He's going to walk around right. New York looking at babies and, and quickly looking <laughs> away. He's going to see a baby and just quickly avert his his gaze. Um, Oh, and then Lois, who got demoted back down to the switchboard, Mm -hmm. just starts spying on everyone. (laughs) She's so pissed that she couldn't be trusted to be a secretary and know one person's Mm -hmm. secrets that now Uh she wants to know everybody's secrets. The switchboard really is the better place. It really is. All right. And uh, Lingo. Oh, boy. My 60s love. The Lingo is going to be Give Me a Jimmy. And it's going to be slang for a condom. Oh, wow. Okay. All Give right. me a Jimmy. I love it. And it's going to be Pete saying that to oh. Trudy wow. because he's been looking at the babies all around New York and he don't want none of that. Okay. So she's trying to get frisky and he says, Give me a Jimmy. That sounds like a controversial scene. <laughs> and one that will make Trudy very yes. unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. What an excellent set of predictions. I look forward to watching this episode. I do too. I'm especially excited to watch it when we make our own YouTube series that is just Mm -hmm. my predictions. There's going to be a lot of violence in this one. A lot of murder. Now, Peggy doesn't actually murder anyone. She just thinks about it. I think I'm just thinking of generally your predictions. (laughs) And if you count... Don Draper sexually assaulting Everyone. people as violence, yes. then that's kind Oh yeah, of that's violent. very violent. It just isn't murder. Yeah. Let's hope he doesn't finger yeah, yeah, yeah. blast anybody to death. <laughs> Maybe that's when Cooper steps in. That's when Cooper is like, okay, son. Maybe that's how he loses his next secretary. <laughs> <laughs> and Joan steps in again. She's like, okay, so you yeah. didn't like that one. <laughs> I don't know what you want, Mr. Draper. <laughs> all right. That's oh fun. Boy. Thank you. All right. And thank you all for listening. Thank you, friends. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe. To our podcast. Yes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter? Yeah. Question mark? Also oh, Twitter. Oh, okay. Twitter's there, you know, if you want it, if that's your thing. Go to it's Twitter. not my thing. That's why I didn't know if it was a thing. Rad mad women everywhere. Thank you. We're not on TikTok yet because we're both in our 30s. <laughs> we're, we're both waiting for it to die out so we don't have to pay attention yes. to it. The way Snapchat kind of has. Yes. So we will end this the way we end every episode, which is to say, Merry, Merry Mad, mad men, men to all. all and, and to all, all good a good night. night. Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. Production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.